You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is 8.04am. The time goes always too fast, but hey, it's our time for our next quiz question. Please, before we go into some text and some Bible study time, please, Lawson. Hey, well, let's get into our next quiz. In 1 Corinthians, Paul states that when he arrives, he will give them further instructions concerning what? Now, this is multiple choice. Here we go. So, A, the Lord's Supper, B, how to conduct a church service, C, spiritual gifts, or D, baptism. 0491-064-669 is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. And again, that question was, in First Corinthians, in First Corinthians, Paul states that when he arrives, he will give them further instruction concerning what was it? A, the Lord's Supper, B, how to conduct a church service, C, spiritual gifts, or D, Baptism. If you know the answer to that one, again, that number was 0491-064-669. Hey, we've got a text here also from David. He said, I think he responded to what we were asking him why he was up so early. And he mm. says, I feel the same as Nehemiah according to your last quiz question. This was the quiz question before the one you've just read. Mm. And, of course, he says, so I wake early. You're trying to get answers from the Holy Spirit, how I can be useful as a believer to be pleasing to Elohim. Wow. To God. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. That's beautiful. I know quite a lot of people, actually, who do get up early to have their devotional time. Oh, sure. It's quiet. You know, you don't start thinking of the business of the day in every way. Mm. And he says also here to please pray for him. Um because, yeah, to be a worthwhile Protestant Seventh-day Adventist keep, seventh, seventh, seventh day Sabbath keeper within my Pentecostal believing family. Thanks very mm. much for your SDA believer over here at Clarkson in Western Australia. So, yeah, you're you're an only ad, a Seventh Davidist Christian in the home too, aren't you? Lawson? Yeah, yeah. Amongst amongst my family, I mean, particularly my extended family as well. Like my grandparents on my mum's side are Catholic and outside of that, between my mum's side and my dad's side is basically there's there's no no Christianity going on. No no very very kind of non religious people. And so yeah, for me to be as religious as I am is very much bucking the trend. And I was actually thinking about it the other day. Like right now I'm studying at Avondale College and I am studying to be essentially a pastor. I'm doing a ministry and theology degree. How to, to be working in full-time ministry uh, for my career. And I was thinking about it the other day. I was thinking, man, like when my sister's talk about me you know you know like i talk about my sisters a bunch and they're like oh what do your sisters do and i'm like oh my little sister's an accountant in melbourne and my my second older sister maddie she's a she's a teacher and my older sister Haley, she's a, a hr like and i talk about them and How for cool. them they say oh well my brother i'm like do they say pastor or pastor student or radio host or work for the <laughs> church like like I, I i wonder i'm like oh what do they say and especially because people know them and know that they're not religious they're They'd be like, that is very interesting. I just, I just thought about that recently. I'm like, I wonder what that, how that conversation goes. Where it's like, oh, you'd like to be a fly in the wall. Your, your brothers, uh, especially. I may, I think that would probably result to like or resort to like radio hosts, like default to something like that. But if when I become a pastor and they're like, oh, my brother's a pastor. And definitely in the past when I wasn't working in radio and I was just working for the church, I, I just wonder what that conversation's like. Anyways, just, just the thought you I had. You need to find out. Again, hey. living in a, uh, a non-Christian environment amongst non-Christian family. But, you know, I love my family. I love my parents. And, and I'm really, I've been so blessed 
by them. And, you know, I'm also blessed that, yeah, as I say, your mum sent me in a text message. My parents listen to the show every morning. They do. Learn listen different to the stuff. Show, yeah. And yeah. so, I messaged him this morning. I think, with it. I yeah. think it's, I think it's a blessing to them. And I think the beautiful thing is that as I've been on the Christian journey for about seven years now, they've been able to see and identify the positive changes in me. Yeah. And thus they are positive about me being a Christian. Isn't which, that beautiful? Which maybe you're out there this morning, you're listening and you're in an environment where you are the only person of your faith. And I just want to, yeah, just exhort you in that walk and just say, Absolutely. keep keep walking the good walk, keep fighting the good fight, keep looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Uh, because ultimately, in the end of the day, um, people will be able to see that. Your family will be able to see the positives that come from your belief in your faith. And the thing is too, like, you know, by you being positive and, and, and really reflecting Jesus in every way, that, that is such a strong witness within the family mm. of, of how you are. But also over the years, I've, I've met so many homes where people have been, for instance, the only, uh, Christian in the home or, or the mm. only Seventh-day Adventist Christian in the home. And through their walk and through their faithfulness, others in the family have uh, along the time, you know, gone on yeah. the journey with Jesus as well. And I just think, you know, even of the journey of my husband, of how he was the first one that started um, coming back to the Lord. Of course, they were raised in an Adventist, Seventh-day Adventist home as young children. Went, the grandma took, the ch- took them to church as well. Mm. But when they actually, yeah, they all kind of left um, the, the Lord into their teenage years and into the the uh, the adult years, but he was the first one that that decided to to give his heart back to mm. the Lord again and to make that full commitment, like we were saying the other day, that baptism is that showing of that you want to have a full commitment with yeah. Jesus Christ. And he did. And the beautiful thing is, you know, he's he's been a pastor now for quite a long time, oh, um, for for a good twelve years or so. And basically, he since then has actually baptized two of his sisters. Oh, uh, they've come back to powerful. the Lord as well. It's just a really beautiful story uh, to just see and and how they're involved in church and how they're loving the Lord. And and both of them actually going to be getting married soon. And oh, and, awesome. and you know, they're marrying men who are walking with the Lord who are on their journey or already walking strongly with the Lord and being baptized as one. It's just beautiful to see that change uh, and and the harmony that is there in their lives as well Mm. in every kind of way. But that's one of many, many stories that, you know, we could share along the way of, of how when one person in the home has made a, a decision to follow Jesus of their transformed lives. And I know, that even his nieces and nephews have said, you know, um, many times they've said, look, you know, what a massive change from the kind of life that he led before Jesus mm. Christ to the one now with Jesus Christ. You know, the, mm. the real, the real difference that, that he's made in, in that, in that space. And it's because of the power of God, of course, you know, that transformation in every way. But I must say, I really admire when there is, for instance, one spouse in the home and the other one is not necessarily a, a believer and can sometimes give Give a lot of challenges to the spouse who is yeah. a Christian, who is a churchgoer, and I've seen the challenges that those people face, mm. uh, and I admire that very much because you've got to be so strongly anchored in the Lord and know that that is that is the road to salvation, no matter what mm. heartache and pain that comes our way on this earth. That is challenging and hard to take. That really, when we're anchored yeah. in Jesus Christ, there is a better 
uh, world beyond this, this, you know, uh, we're just passing through this world. Yeah. Jesus is coming soon and heaven is our home. Yeah, and the direct biblical advice that's given in regards to that situation by Paul is that if one of, you know, if you're a spouse, if you're married and you convert, is to stay with that person. That's you now right. have a, a ministry to them. But at the same time, the Bible is very, very intent on experiencing equal yoking uh, mm. when it comes to your marriage. And actually, again, uh, I, this is the second time in the show I'm going to do this, but to quote Lyle Southwell, he goes, uh, <laughs> Lyle was preaching one time and I was there and he goes, he's standing up the front, Lyle Southwell, for those who don't know, if you're listening this morning, he, he's a previous host here on Faith FM and a, and a fantastic preacher and currently our boss. Uh, he's standing up the front and he says, hey, if, if anyone, if you're a Christian, and you're dating a non-Christian this morning. Uh, give me your phone, Yo, and I will break up with them oh, for you. Uh, true. Like, is that what he he's said? like? I will break up with them for you. And I think because the reality is, is when you're not equally yoked, yeah, you you are setting your life up for a you, you're setting yourself up for a life of pain, essentially, and and difficulty and strife, particularly in the home, particularly around those values of raising kids and all those different things. If you get into a relationship with someone as a believer who's not a believer, and so we definitely want to advocate for responsible dating, and to you know, at the same time, the Lord works in in mysterious ways, and I've seen. Success has come from that situation, you know, people dating non-Christians and them converting. Like, I've seen it happen, but at the same time, like, even those people will tell you. They're like, this is an exception to the rule. God worked in a powerful way in our circumstance. Mm. This isn't This isn't the rule. Please be equally yoked. It's super, super important. But again, yeah, there is a level of admiration that goes to those people who are fighting a good fight, even in those homes in which they're, they're standing alone. You know, they're not receiving that support. From other people so praise god you know as people come to god and despite the challenges continue to walk with him yeah you're listening to the breakfast show contact us on 0491-064-669 it's come time for our bible study time and we're giving an overview today of ephesians 3 of course we've been looking at the book of ephesians mm-hmm. and unpacking all of that over the last 13 weeks or so and this week what we're doing is just giving an a quick overview of every single chapter mm. once again and yesterday it was just so exciting to actually unpack about how we are redeemed for community and we looked at the contrast between the kings and queens and uh, of of this world compared to how Jesus was the true king of this yeah. of this earth and yet how he humbled himself to the le- to to the the level of a slave and of course now he has risen into the high places and mm. he deserves all honor and glory in every way because of that too. And so now we are going to Ephesians 3. Maybe we can actually read read that cuz actually is looking at the mystery revealed and I love how it actually says here. Can you read the first first few verses for us in there in Ephesians 3 please Lawson. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 1 the Bible says for this reason I Paul the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of great of the grace of God which was given to me for you how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I have briefly or as I have briefly written already by which, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the Son of Man, 
as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Yeah, isn't that fantastic? Like, oh. I love what that says, you know, about the mystery being revealed. We're going to unpack that a whole lot more. But notice how he actually starts off saying, for this reason, mm. of course. And he says, I are the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles. And so for this reason means it actually is actually linked to the previous passage yeah. at the end of chapter yep. 2, which, of course, looks at the Gentiles and Jews having become one body in Christ because that's the key, isn't it? Do you want to read those uh, couple of verses? at the end of chapter 2 yeah, so we can see how it's linked. passage is awesome. Mm. Like, And this is this is where we see the foundation of this idea that, oh, wait, how can Jews and Gentiles, like you have this one group of people who are called by God to be his ministers, his light to the world, and now this other group of people, the Gentiles, so that's the Jews, the Gentiles are now coming into the fold, into the fray. Wait, how does that actually take place? This passage, like... Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. So it's like, ultimately, it's like, wait, how can we see this unity amongst the believers Mm. from all different backgrounds, from all different cultures? How are they all walking in Christ? Mm. Oh, well, the fact that Christ himself came for everyone and is the foundation of everything. This distinction is made. This this clear distinction is made. It's like, it's not about birth. It's not about culture. It's not about land. It's not about location. It's about being with Christ. It's about being. what he's, what he has done and the sacrifice that he's made for all people and bringing all people together through it. And that's the, that's the powerful thing, isn't it? It's that unity, which is why he calls mm. it the, the, the metaphor that, that Paul refers to here is about being the one body. And that is the mystery of Christ revealed is the fact that the Gentiles are actually now included. Yeah. They're not excluded. They're actually included in the whole inter- inheritance of salvation. And that jumps out again in verse six of, of chapter three that says that the Gentiles should be fellow is as of the same body, mm. not a different body because I treat you all equally. I have died for all of you equally. You are not excluded. You are partakers of this in every way. And I think what is so key to understand about this is that this is a unity that is built on truth. Yes. Uh, And like some people I have seen interpret this passage and the following passages to essentially say that God is okay with every type of worship or every type of religion or every type of Christian denomination or this, that, and the other. And what is clearly being said here, like the unity that Paul is advocating for is not, hey, everyone, just like, get along, it's like, no, 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 like, well, that, that's definitely an aspect to it, but it's, it's not just like, yeah, everyone can just like stay the same and get along. It's, 
you know, or stay, um, you know, just, just do your thing, but just be okay with everyone else. You know, this isn't necessarily a message of just tolerance, but rather a sincere call to be unified in agreement of truth. This is like so important amongst the Jews and the Gentiles. It's like, yeah. hey, the, the, there's not, we're not going to have a, a Jewish denomination and a Gentile denomination here. Like, and by the way, I'm not anti-Christian denominations. I think they're really key. And we've seen the progression of truth coming out of those various denominations post-Protestant Reformation. We here on The Breakfast Show are proud Protestants. Yes. And, and we definitely believe in sola scriptura, the opening of the word, and the ability that the word has to lead us to truth and that the reader has to, to be able to, you know, individually and in the church community come to a conclusion on what truth is. Like, we're all about it. But at the same time, when we find truth, the call then is to unify in that truth, is to come under the banner of that truth collectively, not just to, hey, again, Paul isn't saying, just put aside your differences. And da, 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 da. He's like, no, Jews and Gentiles will all come, despite cultural background and religious background or whatever, they'll come to a knowledge of truth and they will be united in practicing that truth. Oh, 100%. And I love what you're saying in that space. And so here, the mystery, the core mm. of the whole mystery is Jesus Christ himself. Yes. Isn't it? Yes. Because like without Jesus Christ, you can't have that unity. You cannot yes. have that one body. You can't and so, have truth. It's he himself is the truth. He He's himself, the way, the truth and the life. That's right. He, he says in so many, so many areas, doesn't he? In, 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 um, in, in the gospels, we read of that. And so mm. that the Jesus Christ himself is the core of that mystery. And I love that. So there's actually eight things that we actually find that both the Jews and the Gentiles actually experience. So if we go to verses five and six, let's go back a little bit to chapter two, because I think this is really important. Because it actually, yeah, we're going to, because of course they all join together. Is that right? We're getting, no, this is awesome. This is very comprehensive. Yeah, yeah. So, because this is really important. There's actually eight, different things that actually yeah. are all important that apply to both the Jews and the Gentiles. Okay? okay. So here, if you can read chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. The Bible says, Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Isn't that powerful? Mm. Like so so here what we find is there's three key things that they actually experience both together in Jesus Christ. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's that fact that they're actually alive together, mm-hmm. right? That's in verse five. Then we've actually got that they're raised up together in verse six. And then we actually and then the other one is that they're actually seated together in heavenly places. Yeah. I, I want to add another one to what you've Go said. On. Yeah. Is that in the beginning of verse five, when we were dead in trespasses and sins. They were all sinners. All sinners. So key. And like, Paul says elsewhere, we are all have sinned and fall short of the glory yeah. of God in Romans. He says that, doesn't he? He makes no admonition to the Jewish nation that, oh, hey, actually, like, you got through on your genetics. But the Gentiles, <laughs> yeah. like, that, no, he's like, you're all dead in trespasses and sin. Right. You're all made alive by Christ. Love it. You've all been raised up together and you've all, you will all sit in heaven. That's right. You will all sit in the heavenly places together. There's that classic joke that people make. And then it's like, oh, when we all get to heaven uh, and yeah. there's a tour going through heaven and then there's like a gated part like with big high walls that you have to be quiet next to. And then one of the person on the tour asks, oh, wait, 
who, you know, who's over there? And then the answer is, and, and it's like, just insert any denomination who thinks they're right. It's like, I've, I've heard it's like Methodist or Baptist or Seventh-day Adventist or Jews or Muslims or whatever. Like, it's just like in heaven, like, oh, you know, there's going to be this division because these people think they're right compared to everyone else. And, and it's like, there's not going to be any fences. There's not going to nah, be any division. Bro. It's all going to be all in together, which yep. is why we need to be getting along together here on this earth. Because right. how on earth can we otherwise, you yeah. know, in the future? Absolutely. Like, yeah, dude, we are we are all for love. We are all for tolerance, opening our doors to those who need it. But again, this leading to truth is so key. It's such a key part of that as well. And if, if there is division over truth, well, hey, we need to get into the Word of God and, and put our differences on, open it up and, and see where God is leading. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Lawson, it's time for our last quiz question for today, please. Hey, last quiz question for today. In Hebrews 10, what does the Lord say is his and that he will repay? Mm. If you know the answer to that one, hey, 0491 is the number to text. And if you text that number with the correct answer, you will go into the draw to win none other than these incredible prizes. We've got the Bible Quiz Show, which is this awesome book, as well as we've got the Bible Challenge Card Game. Now, both of these are all about quizzing, trivia, your questions to ask your friends, your church friends, your neighbors, your family, all these kinds of things. These are awesome games you can pull out at any time, but also sharpen your knowledge. Yeah. Sharpen what you know about the Bible. Again, that question was in Hebrews 10, what does the Lord say he is his and that he will repay? 0491-064-669 is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. Yes, and we're continuing with our Bible study time, looking at Ephesians chapter 3. And just before we went to our last song, we were starting to unpack the eight things that Jews and Gentiles actually experience together and mm. uh, share together. Even in the first three we actually unpacked was in, in chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. The first one is that they are alive together. And I love the fact that you also said they were dead in trespasses because we all fall short of the glory of God. You know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So that was also the same, wasn't it, for them? Mm. Then they're alive together in Christ, then they're raised up together in Christ, and they're seated together in the heavenly places in Christ. So this all applies to each one of us today. It's not Mm. just for them back there. It's actually for us today, for us to that way be united in Christ and through being united in Christ because Jesus is the mystery. Mm. He's the the core. He himself is the mystery revealed, Jesus Christ himself. And so here's the thing that the next ones that we're going to unpack is chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. Can you read those for us, please, Lawson? The next two. Okay. The next two here that we've got. So we're in Ephesians chapter 2. Chapter 2 and verse 21 and 22. The Bible says, In whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Isn't that so cool? So here, yeah, what, the way you read, in, and same in my version, it says being fitted together. In other mm. words, being joined together. Being joined together. And the second one, of course, it says in verse 22, it's being built together. Mm. And so here's the, the great thing, that in through Christ Jesus, the Jews and the Gentiles are joined together 
as one and mm. built together as one body and as the 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 the, the body of Christ. Uh, mm. Sorry, the, and the, the church here, of course. Um, and so here it applies to us that through Jesus Christ we are then joined together mm. and that we are built together as well in every way. Mm. And then there's three more that we need to unpack. Let's have a look at yeah. chapter three, verse six, because of course this all applies. Even though we went into chapter two, it all applies here to the whole mystery being revealed yes. and the purpose of the mystery yes. and appreciating the mystery of Jesus yes. Christ here. So. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. Isn't that fantastic? Mm. So here we've actually got the status of their being fellow heirs together. They're actually fellow members of the body and they're fellow recipients of God's promise. So here they share together in Jesus Christ as mm. being fellow heirs, actually being one body together and actually being receiving the promises of God. Do you love the promises of God? Like, you know, the, the one that actually came to my mind as I was reading and, 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 and looking at this as I was studying Ephesians 3 again this week, I was thinking one of my favorite promises comes from Jeremiah. For I know the plans for, for you, plans to prosper mm. you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I mean, that is just such a powerful promise, but there's so many promises through, through God's word, aren't there? Yeah. And G- through Jesus Christ, we are all joined together as one body and therefore the church is so important Mm. to be united and not divided and separated yeah and particularly like jeremiah 29 11 like we have these promises of god like i've got this one here from isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 this is like one oh of my that's favorite. one of like, my favorite you know, verses. it's a classic fear not for i'm with, with you, you. be not, not dismayed, dismayed for i am your god i will strengthen you i will help you up uphold you, you with my righteous, righteous right hand, hand. like it, this this is a, this is a banger right but banger. It, like, and the verse 13 there is the same it's these yeah. just fantastic Fantastic promises that have so much application oh, so and much. in a, such a widespread sense. But even furthermore, the thing that I find really beautiful about Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13, as, as you mentioned before, is that that promise, we, we actually see the kind of the, the feedback loop of, of that. We see like that being applied that because in verse 10, it talks about the 70 years of desolation of the destruction of Jerusalem. And then you read, so it's like Daniel's like, you know, God has plans for you. Like, it's yeah. okay. There's going to be this destruction. But, and then, so it's like, starts off verse 10. There's going to be this destruction. It's going to be 70 years. And then for, I know the thoughts that I think towards, he says there was thought, thoughts, you know, of peace and, and with a future and a hope. And then you have this story. It's like Daniel opens up the Bible. Opens he reads it. Jeremiah, the scroll. Yes. He reads Jeremiah. And according, it says, according to the words of okay, Jeremiah, yeah. he realizes Bang. like, wait, we're going to come out of slavery soon. And he begins to pray, he begins to repent for the nation. He's like, God, please work powerfully because you have promised, Mm. you have promised Mm -hmm. that you would do this work to restore your nation so that the Messiah would come. And for us today, again, basing our lives on these promises, when we read, you know, the book of Revelation in particular, when we read Revelation 14 and it talks about the 144,000 and the work that they will do and, and the work that God will do to protect them and to look after them and to lead them, like, this is applying to us. Mm-hmm. Like, this is applying to us. When you read Matthew 
24 and it, it's it talks about how yeah yeah you'll be protected from these mm-hmm. these you know persecutions if if you're just following me you know he and i in- love psalm 91 that says under his you'll find refuge That's under right. his wings oh like actually i love that one in in matthew 24 just preceding verse 14 it says he who endures to the end will be saved yes um you oh. know go therefore and preach the gospel in all nations with the power you know like you read these and it's like oh that's the life i'm trying to live like that's what i'm trying to do and i'm trying to be and god has promised us in our time i will be with you i will be with i you. will be with you and again it all comes back to that cornerstone that foundation which is christ which leads to unity amongst the people which leads to Again, seeing God's goals being accomplished. And for us who are walking with the Lord, who are trying to accomplish those goals, who are trying to participate in the Lord's work, being co-laborers with the Lord, we're trying to do this. And sometimes the question can come up for God's servants, you know, and you see like Elijah where he's like, who else is following God but me? Like God, you know, and and uh, and and for David, oh Lord, why have you forsaken me yeah. in the Psalms? Like again, this questioning comes, but at the end of the day, like when we're working for God, He is working for us. I love what you're saying with that exactly, and that's why with Paul, when we come back to the first few verses that he says at the start of chapter three, he says, "For this reason, mm. I a prisoner." I a prisoner of of Jesus <laughs> yeah, Christ, man. you know, for the Gentiles, because he's actually writing this from In prison. prison. Wow. He's actually writing this from prison, and here's the thing: he actually describes himself as a prisoner of Christ because he sees himself as part of God's plan. You know what we just said about Jeremiah: for I know the plans I have for you. Mm. But he doesn't. He refuses to see himself as a prisoner of Rome, and so here's the thing: mm. that he actually says by by Hey, my foundation is in Jesus Christ. Mm. Christ is for you, not against you. He is your foundation. He says, no matter what comes your way, be bold. And he actually shows them how to be bold because he is a prisoner at the time when he is writing to them. And so he's saying to them, be bold. I am your example. I am your example in every way. Jesus Christ is your foundation in every way. And that's why this whole mystery, the essence and the core and the heart of the mystery is Jesus Christ. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It's come time for us to give our answers to the quiz questions, please. Yeah, answers to the quiz question. Here we go. What position did Felix hold? He was a governor or a procurator. That's right. So he was sitting up the front. Well, he basically, Paul rocks up uh, into court. And so he's he's before Felix, and then he ends up later before Felix. Festus. Yeah. And this is on his, <laughs> on after his arrest in Jerusalem. He takes a nice sea and vow. He shaves his head and he goes into the temple and then they're like, wait, wait, that's Paul. And then they like arrest him and, and then he eventually gets to Rome. And it's very, just an amazing story coming from the book of Acts. Why was Nehemiah sad in the presence of King Artaxerxes? Jerusalem was in ruin. It's actually such a cool story again, because Nehemiah had become the cupbearer for Artaxerxes. He just, did. Despite being yeah. a Jew. But he essentially occupied the position of like one of the most trusted people in the entire Empire. Mm. He was the person that looked after essentially the utensils of the king that would follow the king around everywhere and would be by the king's side to enable or to ensure that the king wasn't attacked or poisoned or anything. 
anything like that. He's basically his PA. That's who Nehemiah is. And he's sad. And King Artaxerxes is like, what's wrong? And it's so crazy. You're like standing before like literally the king, <laughs> the king of the world, right. the king of the world at that point, the mm-hmm. king of the biggest empire on earth. He's like, why are you sad? And you're like, well, actually my country's in ruin. And then the king, like, again, as a response to the, the prayers of Daniel and Ezekiel and all these prophets that existed at the time, probably contemporaries. Well, not at the same time as Nehemiah, no, no, but but time. just a, a, a hundred years earlier than Nehemiah, who had been praying and hoping and seeking that God would come through and would save the nation of Israel. All of a sudden, the king is just like, oh, yeah, go go back, yeah, let's go do back. it, let's, let's do go, it, go let's, back let's run a trip. Rebuild. I'll sponsor That's it. Right. We'll re- rebuild the whole city, and they go and rebuild. <laughs> yeah, the and they go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. It's just fabulous story, isn't it? Absolutely. What is the shortest book of the New Testament? That is Second John. In First Corinthians, Paul states, when he arrives, he will give them further instructions concerning the Lord's Supper. So this is First Corinthians chapter eleven, seventeen to thirty-five. We had. A bunch of different answers, but the answer to that one was the Lord's Supper. And then finally here in Hebrews 10, what does the Lord say is his that he will repay? He will repay vengeance because vengeance is, is mine. mine, as he says. <laughs> Powerful stuff. Absolutely. Oh, have some awesome text messages from you guys as well. Do you want to read that first one from Wayne? Yeah, so we have one here from Wayne, which is just fabulous. It says, good morning, Danuta and Lawson. I had a passenger brother gentleman getting off my bus and he stopped to tell me it was a pleasure, pleasure listening to this radio station this morning. Thank you. Wow. That was nice to hear. Praise God. Oh, Thank you. Awesome. How so, so fantastic. Mate, and like, Wayne is getting around on his bus and he's got people in the bus listening to Faith Affair. That's awesome. And enjoying it. So let's, and then let's hope this brother also actually hooks into listening to Faith FM yeah. further. Hey, but that's just really fantastic. Do you want to read the other one there? By yeah, Wayne? yeah. Ray, Wayne also wrote in, he said, I wrote a sermon once on a roller coaster, like about a roller coaster. He said, we are all on the roller coaster. Everyone has different ups and downs and twists and turns. But as long as we end up at the end of the ride in Jesus's arms, as a mother hen gathers her chicks, then yeah, we'll, we'll experience salvation. Amen. Like Isn't, that's powerful. Uh, yeah. And, and haven't you found since Jesus Jesus has been your life. I mean, we've talked about so many areas that have changed in our lives, but mm. that whole roller coaster does stable out so much, so much more, yeah. don't you find? Oh, because, yeah. like, you know, even listening to what Jennifer was saying earlier, that you, your body kind of tells you what's going on, and it's about listening to your body and responding to to get off that roller coaster. But yeah. I've found so many times that I've gone like, you know, these things that are happening around me that are affecting me. They're out of my control. And so I've just got to bring it to Jesus. Yeah. And then this peace comes over me when I actually bring it to him, when I talk to him about it, when I pray about it, and I say, well, I'll worry about it if and when it comes and gets worse in its yeah. own way. But otherwise, no. That's know? a fantastic point you're making, particularly because it doesn't mean that the events in our lives get easier yeah. or you know that there aren't still it's tragedies or hardships. But ultimately, we look towards Christ and we say, oh, man, he did it so I can do it. Yeah. We, we look towards our Savior as our example, also knowing that he is actively working on our behalf to help us to get through. But guys, remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith. And what will they be able to do, Danuta? They'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again.
for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.